Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shem Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf Yemi, which is Maseches Chagiga Daf Beis. Says the Mishnah, Hakoyil Chayoven Beriya. On Yom all are obligated in Mitzvahs Riya. What exactly is Mitzvahs Riya? We have two Pesukim. One Pasuk pertains to the personal element. Every Zohar amongst Kal Yisrael is meant to present himself to Hashem, is meant to pay a visit, so to speak, to the Azorah on Yom Tov. Together with that comes a Chiv Karban, a Karban Oila, which is called a Oilas Re'iyah, because the Pasuk says, when you come visit, you don't come empty-handed. So when the Mishnah speaks about the Chi of Re'iyah, what exactly are we speaking about? Which element of this mitzvah? Visitation or the carbon aspect? Says Rashi on top. Hakoil chayavan b're'iyah. Rashi learns b'mitzvahs re'iyahs kol zechurcha. She'tzrichem le'esroiz bazar b'regel. It would appear that Rashi is speaking about the appearing aspect to appear in the Azorah on regel. Tesis has several kashas on Rashi, and it brings in the name of Rabbeinu Tam, as the Mishnah is speaking about both elements, the Masnis and Mairi, Bekarbon, Ube Azara. Hakoil Chayav and pertains to both elements of that mitzvah, appearing in the Azara, visiting the base of Middash on Yom Tov, as well as bringing alone a carbon Riyah. But actually, Tesis himself concludes that perhaps Rashi also meant as such. He just picked the first element, the personal element of the Riyah, but of course, it's all-encompassing, and we're referring to both aspects, visiting and bringing the carbon. So who, who is Chayev? Hakoil, everybody is Chayev. And Rashi brought the Pasik, which actually stipulates that it's a Chayev pertaining to the Zachar, Yerokel Zachurcha. And therefore the Mishnah continues, Hakoil Chayev and Chutz, we have exceptions. Chutz means Cherish, one who is deaf-mute, Shoyte, deranged the cotton. Vitumtum, one who's Simonim of Zachar Nekeva are covered up. Van Dregnos, he features both Simonim. So all these individuals are not considered Yerol Kol Zuchurcha. Okatan is not an adult. Tuntum and Dregnos, they're not considered Zuchurcha. Cheresh Shoytev, as she says, don't have Das. Who else is exempt? Venosh, women, Vavadim, Shedim, Shechronim, unreleased slaves, who have the same halachas of Noshim. So they're part of them. Ria. Who else? Hachiger, one who, who limps, who can't really walk up to the base of Midrash. Vasuma, blind man. Vachoyle, somebody's ill. Vazokin, elderly fellow. Or if for some other reason he doesn't have the ability to walk up, to walk up by foot to the base of Midrash, which is a requirement for the Chiyuv, which is a, a precondition. For chi of so we speak about a cotton being exempt. So Menatoir, of course, is exempt, just as uh, he's exempt from all mitzvahs. But what about midrabbanon? Typically, even a cotton as chayv mitzvahs, we're meant to train him. Chinuch midrabbanon. Here we seem to say that he's completely exempt. Everybody is chayv except for the chereshet of a cotton, which indicates that the cotton is not chayv at all. There's no chiv chinuch to train him. In this mitzvah, why? 
Ezehu cotton. What type of cotton are we speaking about? He's too young even for this. He's too young. He can't even ride on his father's shoulders. From Yerushalayim up to Harabais. Even that he can't do. And therefore, he's not in the... Not, he doesn't have the ability to be oil regal. And therefore, even with Rabbanon, there's no chiv chinuch. So going to be shamay. Any toddler, any baby that has the ability to ride on his father's shoulders from Yerushalayim to Rabbayis, he is included in Chiyav Chinuch. You need more than that. The child is too young. He doesn't have the ability to hold on to his father's hand. And go up with him, Yerushalayim to Rabbayis, then he's exempt. So according to Basil, we're more makel. He can't walk with his father to Harabais. That is not Chayef. But, uh, according to Be'i Shammai, that's not enough. Even, even if he cannot walk, as long as he can take a ride on his father's shoulders, that's enough. Why do we dependent on, why, why is the walking aspect a, a determining factor? Shanama Sholesh Rukhalam. Pasuk says, on the three of them, Rukhalam means an occasion. On these three occasions, we're meant to be oiler regal. Apparently, the drush is that regalam refers to a regal, literally, our feet. You see, an occasion comes, right? The, the occasion arrives. Right? We say in the in the Brach and the Haggadah, right? Gali Yisrael, we say, yeah. An occasion arrives, it appears, it comes. So we speak about the term regal applied to an occasion, shalish regalim, it also refers to the coming aspect, which is which pertains to feet. Feet brings something along. Perhaps that's the basis for this drasha, that shalish regalim, on the one hand, refers to the three occasions, the three of them, three festive of them. On the other hand, we apply it as a drasha to indicate that you have to have the ability to actually walk up with your feet, with your regal. Otherwise, you're too young for the mitzvah. Now, as you mentioned, there are two aspects to mitzvah sri'iya, appearing and bringing a carbon oil. In addition to the oil sri'iya, there's a carbon called shalmi chagiga. You meant to bring a shlomim on account of yamtiv. How much do these carbonas need to cost? What is the minimum cost? The truth is, minatayra, there is no, there is no um, minimum cost. We actually say it every morning. But they applied a minimum cost, a minimum value for these karbanas. How much? The oil is to be worth. Half the price. The other way around. Horia is just ma'akasev, v'chagiga shtekasev. Let's take a look at Rashi on top. It says, Rashi ha'kol chayevun b'riya, b'mitzvah s'riya, s'kol z'churcha, sh'tzrichem l'isroiz b'azor b'rego. Except for, chutz mecheret sh'ezhe v'katam, why? They love b'nei dey aninu. They don't have proper intelligence, upturin m'mitzvahs. So they're part of from this mitzvah, just as they are part of from other mitzvahs. What about a chigar v'asuma? Why are they potter? Kulo yalf mikroi b'gemara, as we're going to see in the Gemara. One who doesn't have the ability to walk is potter as well. 
And therefore, a child who's too young to do that is potter even from Chinuch the Rabbanu. Umi she'eina yachalal esparaglov mirshalayim lazaro u'begemara mefarash lo. Ezehu katan. So if this katan is too small to ride on his father or to walk along with him, he's potter. But if he has the ability to do that, is he chayev? Well, certainly not menat Torah. Avol says Rashi, mekan v'helach past this point. If you can walk, avol b'she'eina chayev menat Torah. Of course not. He's just a katan. But he tilu chachamim al ovev val imoy lechancha b'mitzvahs. It's clear from Rashi that chiyav chinuch pertains to both parents. Father and mother are obligated in training a child to do mitzvahs, so he's prepared when he becomes an adult. Here as well, he's meant to participate in alila regel. Why does that relate to the ability to walk? The Mishnah provides the answer. Shenema sholish regolim says Rashi. Haroyu lalis biraglov chiyav hakosef. You know, I was once in there. So we drove up to the old city. It was more than night. We figured we'll beat the traffic. We'll come all the night to the to the Kaisal. But sure enough, there was a police van blocking the, the road into the old city of Yerushalayim. And we rolled down our window. He says, look, uh, on the way to the Kaisal, to Davim, could you let us in? He says, no, absolutely not. I said, look, how are we going to get there? This was uh, you know a mile away. So, so the police officer on his PA uh, system out of, the, out of the van calls out. He says, he says what do you mean? He says, use your feet. Walk up. <laughs> See, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't too far off. It's, a, it's actually a Mishnah. Shalish Regolim pertains to Regal. Walk up by foot. And therefore we learn only if one has the ability to actually walk, to use his feet to go up his chayv. That's by a Gadol, right? And we apply the same formula to cotton. Because the chinuch of katan pretty much mirrors the chiv of a gadol. The chiv and the gadol part of an Since in this case, if he were an adult who didn't have the ability to walk, he would be potter. Katan la bar Same thing applies to the katan. You train him to do what he's meant to do when he's a gadol. In this state, he would be potter. Were he to be a gadol. And therefore, he's potter from chinuch as well. Regarding the cost of the karbanis, when an adult comes to the base of he brings along a carbon. He's meant to bring an oil. Not less than two coins worth. Interesting, Shail and Rashi. Why only a gadol? Why don't we apply chinuch in this case as well? Some learn that perhaps Rashi just means that the cotton perhaps will bring the carbon. But this requirement, this uh, cost, this minimum cost requirement doesn't apply to the cotton. Perhaps that would be perhaps shot in Rashi. In any case, what's the standard fare? Two mois per oila, which is a third of a dinar. You're not meant to come empty-handed. It has to be a carbon. It has to be a worthwhile carbon. Even though the Torah doesn't provide a minimum cost, Chachamim, however, nos nushir. That's the Eilasriya. Vachagiga is Shami Chagiga. Chayavim, Hayechidim, Lahavi Beregel. Every individual needs to bring his Shami Chagiga. Delfina, Vabishuli, Pirkin, Vachagoisim, Oishag, Hashem. That carbon also has a minimum cost. Continues the Gemara. Hakoil, Asuyamai. The opening phrase of the mission, which was Hakoil, Chayavim, Beriya. An inclusive phrase. Hakoil. What are we trying to include here? 
Hakoyla suyamai. Answers the Gemara. La suy, we're trying to include the following individual. So it's a chiddush. Even this fellow is chayv. Who is he? Mi shechetzi eved vechetzi ben charn. A fellow who's half and half, half slave, half free man. How can that be? So he was owned by a, a partnership of two people, and one fellow released him. So now he's half eved, half free. And he's chayv in oilas ria. He's chayv in the midst of ria. So typically an eved is potter, because an eved and an isha have the same halacha, but here he's partially free, so he's chayv. And that's what the Mishnah meant to include. Ula Ravina. But according to Shitas Ravina, the Amar Mishachetzi Evet, Bechetzi Ben Chayn Potter Ben This half and half fellow is Potter. Hakolu Suyemai. So according to Ravina, we cannot say that the mission is including him. So what then is the mission including? So you have another option. La Suyi, we're coming to include this fellow who's a Chiger, B'yem Rishon. He was limping on the first day. He was Potter from Alila Regal, Potter from Oilas Ria, when his Pashat B'yem Shini. Come the second day, Yamtav. He was healed. He can walk fine. And the Chiddush is, even though he was potter at the outset of Yom Tov, the first day he was exempt, but he can regain, reacquire that Chiv on the second day when he's healthy. And that's what the Mishnah came to include. Hakoil, Chayavim this individual. Well, that only works according to one Mandamar. Honichel Mandamar, it's well acquainted Mandamar who holds Kulan Tashlum and Zelazeh. You see, typically you bring your carbon on the first day. Suppose he missed that first day. A regular person didn't bring it on the first day. Allah is, you can always make it up throughout Yom Tov. You have seven days to bring the carbons. They're Tashlumen, make-up days. Now, there are two ways to view Tashlumen. It's going to be discussed later on in the test. It's actually a machlekes. How to understand this concept of make-up days. One way to understand is that the chiv pertains to day one. Right? The ikur chiv is day one. You miss day one, fine, you can make it up day two, day three, day four, day five. You have six days to make up that chiv that should have been fulfilled on day one. Kulon tashlum in the rishon. Which case, it only applies if you have a chiv on day one. Right? If you chiv today and you missed today, you can make it up the next six days. But let's say, for some reason, I was exempt today. The Chiv did not apply to me on first day of Yom Tov. Right? So now this first day passes. It's over. Tomorrow is just a makeup for the first day. And likewise, the day is going further. All the way down to the end of Yom Tov. They're just Tashlumen of the first day. If you have a Chiv day one, you have a Chiv throughout Yom Tov to make up that missed Chiv. But let's say a fellow was Potter. He was a Chigir on day one. The Chiv never applied to him on day one. Day one passes. Come day two, he's healthy again. This Bashad BM Shane. This fellow is Potter. Day two doesn't have his own independent Khiv. It's making up for a missed day one. Well he wasn't Chayv on day one. There's nothing to make up. That's one way to look at it. Another approach is that each day has its own independent Khiv. You could bring it day one. If you don't bring it day one, day two has its own Khiv. If not, day three. Each one is an independent. Of course, you have to bring it only once. But it's not like it's not like the the rest of the yomtiv are coming to make up to compensate for day one. No, each one is an independent entity. 
you're meant to bring it as early as possible. But if you don't bring it today, you bring it tomorrow. If you don't bring it tomorrow, you bring it the next day. In this case, when he was a chigir on day one, his potter on day one, fine. So today, he has no chiv. Come tomorrow, he's healthy. He has a chiv today. Because today's chiv is independent of yesterday's. It's unrelated to It's not linked with day one. So you're telling me, HaKoyal Chayav Maria is addressing this fellow who was potter on day one and became healthy on day two. And therefore, it's Chayav on day two. That only works according to the Shita that holds that every day, every subsequent day is really making up for the previous day because each day is a separate Chayav. So this fellow who was potter on day one could be Chayav on day two. El Olamanda Omar Kulan Tashlum according to the other approach, that all the rest of the days are just making up for the first day. But if you want chayv on the first day, there's nothing to make up. So this fellow would be potter. And we're, we're back to the kasha. The term hakoyl chayoven, what is it coming to include? Says the more we have another idea. La'asuye suma b'achas to include a fellow who's blind in one eye. So in contrast to a fellow who's fully blind, who is putter from its vasriya, but a uh, fellow who has only one blind eye, he's chayev. Unlike the following tana, who disagrees, the son yechna ben dehav ayoymer, mishum rabbi yudah, summa ba'achas me'enav putter A fellow who's blind in one eye, rachman al-atzlan, is putter. Shnamar, the Pasuk says, now the the term yera can be read yira, right? Because in its spelling it's yudresh alafe, so it's spelled like yira. You will see others. Yera is the way we actually read it. He will be seen by others. He will appear to others. We make a drush. We connect the. Spelling and the way we read it. Shanema. Yeira. Yeira. What the way Rashi learns. Shanema. Yeira. Yeira. Yeira is the spelling. He will see. And Yeira. He will appear to others. We connect the two concepts. You see, because over here, Hashem is seeing him and he is appearing to Hashem. Two things are happening at the same time. Yeira. Hashem sees him, and Yehra, he will appear to Hashem. And we connect the two things. Kederach Shabbat, Lirois, in the same manner, as Hashem comes to see you, so to speak, with both his eyes, Kaviyach, a full experience, likewise, he will appear to Hashem, which means he has to experience Hashem with his two eyes. So he needs to have two functioning eyes. Oh, just as when Hashem comes to see you, it's with both his eyes, likewise, when you appear to Hashem, it needs to be with full capacity, with full faculty, with both eyes. Our Mishnah includes even a sum of not like this Tana. So it can be either referring to the, the fellow who was limping on the first day, the fellow who was blind in one eye. Another Peshat can be like this. Let's go back to the original pshat. Hakoil is including a fellow who is half Eved and half Ben Chari. The question was, didn't Ravina tell us 
this fellow is potter. Like Kasha, the answer is like this. There were two versions in the Mishnahis, two additions. Khan ke Mishnah Rishayna. Ravina was following Mishnah Rishayna. Khan ke Mishnah But the opening statement of our Mishnah, the term Hakol Chayavan, which is meant to include Echatzi Eved Bechatzi Ben Chayyon, is following the second edition, the final edition of Mishnahis. Which means like this. We're going to learn in a minute that there was a machlek, regarding what to do, what's the solution for this Eved, who's half and half. And it turns out that the conclusion was, even Basil agreed to Beishamai, that you meant to set him free. You meant to be Meshachar him. And if that's the case, since we forced the other, the masters, to set him go, to set him free, to let him go, we consider him already now as though he's set free, as though he's a Meshachar, which basically means he's a Yisrael, a full-fledged Yisrael, in which case he's chayv in all the mitzvahs, like a male, like a zachar, including mitzvahs re'iyah. So that's the opening part of the Mishnah. HaKol Chayv is referring to Mishnah the final version, the final edition, the final conclusion. We force the masters to set him free. He's considered Yisrael. Ravina, who made a dig from the uh, next uh, sentence in the Mishnah, Avadam She'enam Shachrarim, even a chetzi eved chetzi mechern is pata. That's according to the old version of the Mishnah. It's the first, the first uh, missionary shun, the first edition, where there was a, a shita that didn't necessarily hold of this forced shichr, um, uh, in which case is considered half and half. It has an element of, a, of an eved, which is really equal to an isha, in which case is pata. So Rabina was addressing an old edition. He was following the old version. But things changed. And according to the final edition, in the Mishnah, and in the Halacha, this fellow is deemed, is viewed as though he's Mishikhra, in which case he's like a regular man, and he's Chaya Briya. Let's go over to Rashi. Five, six lines from the bottom. Mishnah Rishon. Koydem Shechazu Beisila Lahiris Gideh Veshamay. Four Beisil conceded to Veshamay. And in that case, he uh, he's meant to remain half and half, and therefore he's considered like an eved. Sefer the Masnison that's reflected in the next part of the Mishnah. Tani chutz minavadim hashenim ashachurim dukim ravina b'mishachetzi eved b'chetzim nechurim the potter. So that phrase in the Mishnah, the Sefer, the next part of the Mishnah, nishnas koydim shachazer beisilo. That's before beisilo agreed to beishamay. In which case, he remains a half of Evet. In which case, he remains a partial Isha, so to speak. And it's part of from Oilas But after they agree to Beisham, that Bezn has the ability to force the Master to set him go. To set him free, let him go. We view him as though he's already Meshachar, because in Halacha, he's already on his way out. We treat him like a regular Yisrael in his chayv in the mitzvahs. So the old edition remained in place. We don't tinker with the old edition. We leave it as is. We don't delete the old version. We just add to it. So in our Mishnah, we have two elements. Uh, there are two um, parts to the Mishnah. One reflects the Mishnah Rishayna. In which case the Chatsi Eved remains as such and he's part of Maria. 
the opening statement our Mishnah reflects the Mishnah Ruinah, the latest edition. Where Beis Hillel was masked and they agreed to Beis Shammah. The Bezin can force him to uh, set him free, and therefore he's already considered Meshukhra in Halacha, he's considered Meshukhra, a freed slave, a correctly stroll in his Chayev in Oilashriya. Okay, so let's see the story. The Snan. says the Gemara three lines from the bottom of the Snan, we learned in the Mishnah. Mishachetzi Eved Bechetzi Ben If one is half slave, half half free man, Oyved as Rabbi Yemechad, so he serves as master one day, Yes, Atzma Yemechad, and he's on his own the next day. So every other day he works. This is the way we arrange this uh, this arrangement. Beshamer responds to them. Look, Tikantam is Rabbi. So he worked out a good arrangement for the master. He has his Evid every, every other day. Great. What about this Evid's personal life? He's hanging in limbo. You haven't really done much for him. True. Uh, financially. Dine Mamras, you worked it out. But what about, what about life? What about family? Lisa Shifcha in a He can't marry a Shifcha because, remember, he's half, half free. He's like half a Yisrael. We can't marry a shivcha. Baschern and Yochel. Likewise, he can't marry an ordinary Jewish girl because he's half slave. Li bottle. She just sit idle. The point of the world is to increase and to multiply. Hashem wants an active world. Hashem didn't create the world to remain empty and desolate. Rather, to be inhabited. That's a great mitzvah. Tesis brings in. Uh, perhaps an Eved doesn't have the mitzvah. He has a kasha. Why don't the uh, Mishnah mention a more basic mitzvah? Pruravu. Why do we need the Pasuk and, and, and Yeshayel? So he says perhaps an Eved doesn't have a mitzvah. Pruravu. But certainly the concept of is a universal concept. It applies to all equally. Even a guy should take part in that. And therefore, it's important enough um, to, to, um, to change the, the halacha here. To address the tikkun oelam, the need of the world, kaifenes rabbi we force the master. And he lets him go. He sets him free. We force rabbi to make him a benchir. And the ever turns around and writes him a big IOU check. Big, a uh, big star. Look, uh, I'm going to pay you back. One day I'll pay you half my value. That's it. That's the arrangement we arrange in order to set the evet free. So they can get married. Taisa says, Akasha. Since when do we obligate Ruvain to do an Avera to help Shimon? Because letting an Evid go, we're talking about an Evid Kanani, letting him go is a, a bitl mitzvah sasei, lo'ilam bahem tavoidu, not meant to free an Evid uh, for no good reason. So it's, a, it's an Isra asay, just so that the Evid can get married. Right? So. Uh, it brings a Gemara that uh, we never tell uh, Ruvain to do a chet for Shimon. So he says, yeah, that's only when Shimon did something wrong. It's his fault. So you don't have to go and bend yourself backwards to help Shimon. You don't do an Isser, even a lighter Isser, to help Shimon. But here, he says, uh, the, the Evid, um, the Evid uh, didn't do anything wrong. He says, the, the, it's not his fault. So in this case, the Rav is obligated to look after the, the benefit of his Evid and actually do something which is considered an Isser. So that the Evid avoids a greater Isser of remaining idle. So that was the argument put forth by Beis Shammai. Let's let him, let him go. V'chazru Beis Hillel 
considered to be shama, that's the way to go. We um, force Rabbi to be Meshachar this Eved. And indeed, this uh, this concept is called Mishnah the final version of the Mishnah, the final conclusion of the Halacha, which is reflected in the opening statement of our Mishnah, even the Chatsi Eved, the Chatsi Mechar, and the we consider him like a, a Zachar Yisrael. Why? What do you mean he's half slave? No, because he's about to go free. In Halacha, we consider him to be Meshachar, he's on his way out. He's no longer under his master's control. We force him out, and therefore, we consider him like an ordinary Yisrael. So bottom line is, what does the term Hakoil come to include? You have three choices. Either half Eved, half Benchorin. Either this Chigar B'yem Rishon, who got healthy on Yom Sheni, or a man who's blind in one eye. Okay, so everybody's Chayiv. Chutz Mechirish Shoyte Vekot. Ketani Chayrish Dumi the Shoyte Vekot. You see, why did the Mishnah bundle together these three examples? The Chayrish. A deaf fellow, together with the shaita v'katan. That's indicative of the fact that the cherish here shares something with them. He's also deficient in his uh, intelligence and his uh, some sort of neurological deficiency. Ma shaita v'katan the lav just as the shaita and the katan are lacking in their in their maturity and in their intelligence. Av cherish, likewise, the cherish that is being discussed here must be. Must be speaking about this same type of situation, the Lav Bardeya who is lacking in his intelligence. So apparently, we're not speaking about a plain deaf person, rather much more than that. The Kamash Malan, and by bundling together these three items and indicating the term Khairish is referring to one who is lacking in intelligence. Lav Bnaidea Ninu, apparently we're speaking about a fellow who's Deaf and also mute, in which case it reflects a deeper deficiency and a lack of intelligence because he doesn't have the neurological ability to properly analyze, to process, to express himself, he doesn't have communication skills, and he's lacking in das. Because it's not the term employed by the Chacham throughout Shas. That's not just a deaf fellow. Rather, he's lacking both faculties. He cannot hear, he's deaf. And he can't speak, he's also mute. Explains Rashi, eight lines from the top. Who was compared to a shaita, in which case he's exempt from the mitzvahs. That's because of lack of das. We're speaking specifically, he's deaf and mute. Rabban knew this for a fact. So it's not just that it's um, some um, you know, mechanical efficiency, some superficial inadequacy. Rather, it reflects a deeper neurological deficiency, a lack of intelligence, a lack of um, ability. It doesn't have the faculties to express and internalize and to understand and to verbalize. So, in which case he's considered a lav bar das and compared to the shayt of a cotton, and therefore he's potter from mitzvahs. Continues the Gemara. Let's make a diuk. Apparently, if it's not uh, a fellow with such a severe deficiency, let's say he's only deaf, but he can speak. He's only mute, but he can hear. Let's say he can speak, but he can't hear. Or, he can hear perfectly fine, but he can't express himself. He's mute. In this case, it's not considered a lav bar das, and therefore it's chayev. 
he's chayv a mitzvahs. Is that so? Yeah, Tanina, Laha, the Tanrabon, in fact, our Mishnah, which would indicate as such, is a raya in support of a brisa and pretty much would confirm the content of the next brisa. Hamadab one can speak but he can't hear. Zeo indeed, he's called a cherish. Shamevinimadaber, he can hear but he cannot speak. Zeo ilim. This fellow is called an ilim, a mute fellow. But you should know, Zevze. He's one of these individuals. When it comes to all the halachas, I tell you, they're considered like intelligent people. They're chayvim mitzvahs. Rather, only, only if he's fully incapable, he's deaf and mute, then we say he's not a bardas. But if it's just one, one or the other, it's okay. Asks the Gemara, how do we get these terms? Where do these uh, labels come from? Cherish and Elam. How do we know that one who can speak but he can't hear? We call him a Cherish. Shemev and Medaber, he can hear but he can't speak. Zeu Elam. How do we know he's called an Elam? We have a Pasuk and Elam. Like in Cherish who can't hear. So we see Cherish means death. I can't speak just as an Elam can't. So we see Elam is mute. Another answer based on. Uh, common phraseology. Kedam Rinchi, as people would say, on a uh, mute person, Ishtakil Miluli, his wording was taken away, his ability to speak was removed. So Ishtakil Miluli is a long form for Elaim. Medaber Veni Shemeh, Shemeh Veni Medaber Chayv, as we just said. If he's just deaf or mute, then he's Chayv in Mitzvah Sriya. Vatanya says to him, how can you say that? How can the Mishnah say that one or the other is not enough to exempt him from Re'iyah? Fatanya, medaber v'nei shemeyam. Shemeyah v'nei medaber potter. Bryce clearly says otherwise. He's lacking any of these abilities. He, he's either deaf or mute. He's potter from mitzvah's Re'iyah. That's a stereotype Mishnah, which seems to say he's chayev. Right? We just concluded that the cherish now Mishnah, who's exempt from Re'iyah, is only when it's comparable to the shaito, to the cotton, who's lacking intelligence, which basically means deaf and mute. But otherwise, he's chayev. The Bryce here says, no, that even a deaf person or a mute person would be put from mitzvah sri'iyah. Amar avina v'itemer rav. We're speaking about two different things. We're meant to learn our Mishnah as though it's missing some words. Rabbi Akadish wrote in short form. We have to sort of insert some words to properly understand the Mishnah. We begin. All individuals are Chayv Mitzvah which means to bring Shalmi Simcha. On top of the Eilat Sriya and the Shalmi Chagiga, there's another carbon called Shalmi Simcha, which is meant to supply us with meat to generate Simcha throughout Yamtiv. So all these mitzvahs apply to all people except chutz mecherish, hamadaber v'ne shamea, or shamea v'ne medaber. Hear this? When it comes to re'iyah and simcha, when it comes to re'iyah rather, it does not apply to a cherish or to an elim. So if he's either deaf or mute, he's potter, shapotter v'ne re'iyah. So when it comes to Mitzvah Sriya, one or the other exempts him. Although he's a Bardas, he's perfectly healthy and intelligent. 
but he's part of him. Yeah, something more explain to us why we learn it from Hakel. So unless you can fully experience the Re'iyah experience, appear in the Hazara and really, really experience it fully with full faculties, sight and sound, audio, visual, he's Pata from Re'iyah. Although this fellow is Pata from Re'iyah because of this reason that we just said, but when it comes to other mitzvahs, like Simcha Siyamtiv, Chayiv Simcha, he's Chayiv in that mitzvah, that's one part of the mission. So the mission began. Hakol chayev b'riyah. Chutz. We have to stop right here. Chutz mecherish means one or the other, either deaf or dumb. He's part of amriyah because riyah stands alone, has its own qualifications. And then we sort of insert another clause into the mission. So before we get to the words shaytivikad, we put in another clause. But if this fellow is fully deficient, lacking in Shmiya and Dibur, if you can't hear or speak, deaf and mute, right, that's put together with the other two because a person who is not Shmiya, not Medabar, as Rashi explained for us, is lacking in Das. So he's comparable to the Shaita Vikatna. In this case, he's part of from all the mitzvahs. It's a new, new category. It's part of from Simcha as well. Just like it's part of all mitzvahs in the Torah. So there's no steer between Mishnah and Bryce. The Bryce is right and the Mishnah is right. Bryce says, a fellow who is either deaf or dumb, just one deficiency is enough to exempt him from Re'iyah. That's true. Re'iyah needs all, all faculties working, all aspects of the human experience have to participate in Re'iyah. When the Mishnah says, only a Cherish, who is comparable to the Shaita Vikatan, i.e. deaf-mute, only he will be Pata, that's pertaining to other mitzvahs. When it comes to other mitzvahs, a deaf person is Chayiv, he's considered to have enough, enough intelligence to be Chayiv, even though he's lacking somewhat. A person who is mute, just mute. He's chayv in all mitzvahs. He can hear, he can understand, he can internalize. He has a properly functioning, uh, you know, neurological apparatus working. It, it's fine. So that's enough to be chayv in other mitzvahs. The only way he's part of from other mitzvahs is if he's comparable to a shayt meaning he's deaf mute, totally isolated, disconnected in his own world. Doesn't have the processing ability of an ordinary person. And therefore, he's considered a lav bardas and part of from all the mitzvahs. Tanya nami hachi of the same in a brayso hakol chayim b'riya ubesim chol achayim in these mitzvahs chutz mecherish what type of cherish hamadar v'neshamia you can't hear that's enough he part of amriya because riya has its own category shamia v'nemedaber or he can hear but he can't speak shepturim minariya va'avah b'shepatim minariya although he's exempt from riya but doesn't pattern from other mitzvahs chayim besimcha says Rashi on top what does that mean l'usmayich b'chag dechsev v'samachta b'chagecha What's the difference? When it comes to Re'iyah, you tell me one deficiency is enough to be Paita. When it comes to Simcha or other mitzvahs in the Torah, he's Chayav, as long as he's not a Shaita, as long as he's not a combined, a deaf mute individual. So we'll get to that soon. The Brisa continues. But if he's deaf and mute, 
or v'shoyte v'katan. These cases were not bardas. Turin afenas simcha. The part from simcha. Hoylo turin mikol mitzvos hamuras b'tur. Okay. So bottom line is we discuss mitzvahsriya, which encompasses two elements: personal and carbon. A peri visits and bring along a carbon. There's a concept of shamech hagiga as well. And we added shamech simcha just now. Who is chayiv in these mitzvahs? Everybody except except for women, except for those who can't travel, can't walk up. But regal. Uh, we spoke about the loshan hakoil. Which is inclusive, we have three options, either the Chatsi Evid Vachatsi Menchur, and the Svar behind that was because we're forcing him to let him go. So we already view him as though he's a freed Evid and considered an ordinary Yisrael and Chayiv in the mitzvahs of the Zecharim Yisrael. Another option was the Chigar Biyam Rishain. So although he was not unfit for Riyah on day one, but since he became healthy day two, he gets a Chiv on day two. We're following the Shita that holds that day two is not dependent on day one. Now the rupture was even a summa ba'achas ma'ina v'schayev, unlike the shita that exempts him. And the speaks about a cherish being pata. What are we speaking about? A cherish who is deaf and mute, in which case he's pater from all the mitzvahs in the Torah and comparable to the shaita v'chatan. However, when it comes to re'iyah, even a fellow who's just deaf or just mute, who he pater as well, and the reason for that we'll have to wait for tomorrow, Rezus Hashem. Much atzachat to you and all the best.